0: This week on the Health Wealth Podcast, we have an absolute treat for you. This is an action-packed episode that you do not want to miss. We speak to Seb. He shares his crazy life story as he went all the way from an illegal graffiti artist on the street of his city, getting in trouble with the law, to working on Hollywood blockbuster films despite no qualifications, then starting a fashion brand from absolutely nothing that grabbed the attention of billion dollar companies within 30 days of launching and right through to returning to his roots with his rapidly growing art business. He drops an absolute ton of value throughout this podcast of what he's learned along his journey that's got him to where he is now and you do not want to miss a second of this episode. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week with a Health Health podcast. We have a special guest with us this week. I'm here with Seb. We're gonna hear a bit about his life story and the input he has and his message that he, he's spreading, which is an awesome one that you definitely want to hear. So um, first of all, Seb, how are you doing today?
1: Beyond good, exceptional, out of body even. I'm so, uh, I'm so happy. I'm just stoked to be here and, and to Uh, keep doing what it is that we do man like uh like you said like i I have a message to share with people and uh the just it's getting to critical mass at this point where what we're what we're doing and what we're sharing with people is literally changing their lives simple conversations are are freeing people from mental prisons that they have put themselves into they're stronger they're more clear they're more fulfilled they're more inspired they're making more money it's just absolutely incredible so i'm just happy to be alive man
0: yeah awesome that is awesome to hear so Tell us a bit first about what you do now, and and then we'll kind of jump back and look at your story of how you got there.
1: Yeah, man. So right now I do two main things. All right. So I'm a professional artist and creative director. I run an art business. We specialize in doing custom artwork for some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, professionals and collectors. Right. So effectively, I tell people I make dreams come true. They come to me with an idea or a vision and I I'm the dream maker. They pay me and I turn it into artwork or whatever else. Right. Um, and then while I'm doing that, I'm also a coach. Still so trying try to figure out what exactly to call it, but maybe a performance coach, business coach, life coach, you know, um, I talk to people about their visions and I also, that also ties into what I'm saying is that I make dreams come true because people will come to me with business problems, mindset stuff, fitness stuff. And, uh, I look at the holistic picture and I help them do better in all areas of life. And that's uh, something I'm very, very passionate about. And we're doing a lot more of that now
0: cool that's uh, interesting uh, both very interesting angles uh, that you've got there i mean the art as well is really interesting angle it's not uh, your standard 9 to 5 job that a lot of people have is it so let's rewind back to to your early day were you were you always into art or was it something you found a bit later
1: yeah yeah so i was i'm like one of those kids that like basically popped out the womb and everyone is like oh yeah he's going to be making stuff you know what i mean so i always <laughs> gravitated i always gravitated to this idea of art and creativity and and sort of like craft kind of things right and my family was very supportive in that they noticed it very early my mom and my family they all have creative backgrounds as well so I guess they kind of spotted it and nurtured that in me so very early on it was clear that I wanted to be an artist right um being a younger kid and being like a guy and whatever like I I was attracted to video games so like the first kind of career path I gravitated towards was the idea of being like a video game maker I was like oh I'm gonna draw all this stuff and whatever um that never happened in the video games. We, uh, I don't fuck with them anymore, but um, there was a very interesting kind of contrast that was happening in my life when I was younger, where like, it was clear that I was interested in art, but I came from immigrant family, right? So my family, we came here, my grandparents did relatively well for themselves uh, earlier on, but they were like isolated they were they were alone they didn't really have a team to kind of support in the development and then basically financial stress kind of set in and i became very sensitive to this earlier on that like okay like i want to do this thing but like my family's always concerned about cash like there's like always this like financial angst kind of around and my grandfather was an entrepreneur so I had always these like images of like my grandfather like sitting at his desk with his laptop like running like calculations and shit like being on phone calls with people all around the world and like that image imprinted in my mind while i was like doing art so there was this very interesting like inception moment where i was like i'm going to do art but this lived in my psychology and so now i tell people like i'm graffiti i actually basically i went i got older and, and became a little bit older and got into graffiti. And so now I tell people a graffiti artist turned entrepreneur. I was obsessed with this culture and and this work that I was doing. Uh, but I also knew that if I wanted to live correctly, I needed to learn how the fuck to do business. And that's like, that's where like this, this whole brand and this whole, uh, uh, life that I have now came to be. Yeah.
0: That's (laughs) that is an, an interesting, um, start. And I find it really, um, important and good that your family encouraged your creative artistic mm-hmm. side because a lot a lot of kids i think have that side and it kind of gets squashed out of them through school and through being told "No, nah, you need to go do this do a normal job do this and that so that's good that that was uh encouraged for you when, when yep. you were into doing graffiti and stuff was that you know i, I take it that was uh, <laughs> was not um legal or product for other people was that was that like uh, did you get in trouble doing that kind of stuff
1: oh man bro I don't, like in my city. I had so fuck, dude. Um, yes. Long, long story <laughs> short, yes. There's a there's a program. There's a program for like minors in in our city called diversion, which is basically like diversive measures to like try to like rehab kids out of like a life of crime so that they don't get permanent records. I got it fucking five times, which like it was unheard of in my city, like in the in the community that we have. I'm like, people are like, how the f-? they're like. You've been here so many times. Like how the fuck are you still getting this? And I kind of I, I put it up to the higher calling. I have a I have a higher purpose than to be blackmarked and um and prevented from travel because that was my biggest fear to be honest. Um and actually one of the the main reasons why I stopped participating in the culture was that I knew that on a on a higher level and in a bigger picture, I needed to be able to travel. I could not have a permanent mark on my record um to stop me from from doing what it is that I needed to do because the culture like it just breeds people who are not savvy they're they're poison minded right there's like these underground worlds that um like for whatever reason i was privy to my fucking my my social circle wasn't like we as kids got put in a pool of people who were it was unregulated so it was young people and older people in an illegal underground doing all kinds of crazy fuckery that we were able to see or at least i was able to see decisions that my friends were making here in the present reflected 15 20 years into the future and how that actually panned out and there was a lot that I was very clear on that I don't want that my friends were still making those decisions in the present I'm like you're fucking retards um so anyways long story short yeah I got I got in trouble quite a bit for it um but uh perhaps a story for another time um, <laughs> but but it it definitely it definitely shaped my my character and and gave me the edge that that I think that allows me to do what I do now over other artists to be to be quite frank
0: yeah true yeah true it probably does and that's good that you even at that young age and involved in that the fact that you were thinking further ahead than other people which that sets you apart as well because like you said with most of your friends and a lot of young people and stuff like that they don't think about the consequences of stuff that happens and so the fact that you were is great and probably one of the main reasons that
1: you managed to get out of that and become successful so what was yeah major major yeah yeah i actually have a point on that right yeah the 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 person who has the most certainty is the one who wins the game and in order to have certainty you need foresight you need to have a forward planning right and this is the podcast about health and wealth and all of these things the decisions that we make about health and wealth are decided by forward thinking future-paced thinking i want to be here i want to have this i don't want to fucking die and be ill when i'm older so you go to the future and you make decisions based on that right that's how you have success in both of these realms And most people don't know what the fuck they're doing this weekend, let alone like what they're going to be doing 10 years from now and what they're here to do with their life. And I saw into the future. I knew that I had a mission. I had a goal. I had a responsibility to do something bigger. So my decisions in the present were based on that, not where I was and all the circumstances that were going on. And so to have foresight, like, dude, it's so fucked, bro. Like we look out in the world and people are so lost. And it's because their their time horizons are so short. Like, I, I'm not sure, I don't know all of your, your financial background, but like you know, day traders are like they're they're typically um the archetypical day traders, like the stressed guy with the fucking hair falling out and he's like anxious and stuff. Why? Because the time horizon they're trading on is so frantic, it's momentary, it's like this right in short periods of time but the people who are the most stable are the fucking buy and hold investors who have been just dumping cash in the S&P 500 with a 100 year track record that like even the worst fucking drops in the entire market were fucking sales because it just went up it's like everything's cheap okay great it's going down fantastic i got my shit on uh, on discount because over time it grows and so it's the people with the wider perspective who have the most stability in this game and who have the most control in health, wealth, relationships, all areas of life. It's, it's so fucking important. I got blessed. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly where this came from, but like I've kind of always been looking to the future, but I got challenged more recently by a mentor of mine. Uh, his name's Lewis Louis Mocker uh, major shout out to Lewis. He, he fucking changed my life when, when I, like he, he put me on a, most of my wealth principles now, Um, in the, in the beginning, but he challenged me to think a thousand years into the future. He said, what kind of impact or legacy would I like to leave a thousand years into the future? And it's a real mind fuck, but you start to flirt with fucking religious influence. Like you can make decisions right now in the short term that have such a ripple effect, like one degree, even like a portion of adjustment here in the present has such an impact um, that far out into time that you, you develop a real respect for thinking into the future and spending time developing that so that you can operate on a daily basis. And I think most people overlook that and, and undervalue it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really powerful way of looking at it, saying about looking at a thousand years ahead. And it, yep. it like you said, in health, it's the same. I always try and encourage people, look at longevity is the favorite thing I like to talk about with health. Like I'm doing things now with my health so that when I reach 70 years old, I can do whatever I want because I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be in shape. And like you say, people are just thinking about well, I want some chocolate now, so I'll have some chocolate now. They don't worry about how they feel tomorrow or afterwards. So yeah, long-term thinking is is really important, is a message we try and get across. Mm -hmm. So how did you make the jump then from where you were in kind of the graffiti scene and then take it into an actual business of becoming an artist? And did you go straight into that or did you kind of get a normal job in between?
1: Yeah, this this is a banger. So get this. (laughs) So... Very early on. So graffiti is temporary, right? It's temporary by nature. Even if it's on a train or whatever, and you send it out in the world, you you have a very short relationship with the piece that you've invested so much time into. And a lot of the time it gets erased. And so because of this and I, and around the same time, I also started developing an interest in film and photo and stuff like this. um, I started to document our work. And this is like kind of around the time as well, where Instagram was coming out and there was like photo sharing uh, forums for graffiti and so there was a big culture with like you paint graffiti and then you document it in a dope way to show off to the fucking community, right? Because internet was introduced, it wasn't uh like hard copy photos anymore. And that was even a thing back in the day. But I started to develop this skill set alongside my trajectory of graffiti that well, for documentation and like creating dope content and creating dope environments and then like directing scenes and like influencing people to like get the best content and then publishing it online in a certain way that actually I didn't re- even realize even uh, right now, I'm kind of actually just noticing that my copywriting started around this time as well, where I'm like writing certain language and like posts and statuses to go along with the content that inspired and, and and created uh FOMO for people actually, which is the main thing that we're saying is like, basically our shit was better than everyone else's and you guys are retards for not participating basically. So um, while I was doing this, like we we were very young starting it and it happened in tandem. And so while I was doing this, we started building brands online, we started to get noticed, but because graffiti is also very closely linked to nightlife and like the hip hop culture and rap culture, I started directing rap videos, like music videos for rap music which then put me in in connection with um, nightclubs, entertainment, uh, business owners, brands uh, like social media influencers, rappers, artists, musicians, all this stuff. And so I started to do their content as well. And I had this edge because it came from the street. I was in the culture and no one could shoot the content that I was shooting. And so I actually got thrown into I was like underage. I was working in nightclubs, shooting music videos and event uh, promotions for uh, nightclub owners. And so this was like still before I'd officially transitioned out of graffiti, but I developed a relationship with these professionals and these people because I I needed cash to like fund my graffiti habit, basically. I'm like, I'm painting all the time. I don't want to do fucking anything else, but do graph and shoot videos. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And so we started doing this and this very early on taught me the importance of like networking and navigating Um, social circles and using the tools and resources that you do have available to you to create value in circles that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to get into, right? Um, Also, because I was very young starting out and I had this sort of uh, like early... Uh, art skill set like I kind of had an edge in art that most people didn't so I I naturally did very well in graffiti so I got people's attention quickly but I was a young kid and I didn't know how to navigate these scenarios with older people so I kept running into these fucking like social problems people think I'm a dickhead they they thought I had like a big ego and whatever because I was competent I was like sure of myself but I was so young they're like who the fuck is this kid so I had to learn how to get over that that block that social block of people like discounting your, your, your intention to create and misinterpreting it as ego. And I, for sure I was unrefined. So I wasn't the most <laughs> uh, the easiest to get along with it at times. Cause um, that's just how it goes in the beginning. But as I got older and I started to do more of these videos and I started to work closer with these very successful professionals, I learned like business is where it's at. The people who are moving the needle are the business owners, the business decision makers, and the people who are able to control and to capitalize on attention and influence. And so this was all brewing in the back of my mind as we were going. And I remember um, I moved to Montreal uh, when I was 20 to like basically just do graffiti full time. This is like right after high school. We were like, fuck this, boom, just go do graffiti. It was crazy. Absolutely nuts. I made like a feature film about it and we showed it across the country and it was dope um but then the year afterwards that was kind of like when I was like I kind of did everything I needed to do in this culture and I was like my 21st birthday I'm like it's time for me to get rich and I that was the day that I fucking committed to just being a professional I went back to Montreal with just my camera I was like I'm not doing graffiti I'm going there purely to network and to meet people and that's what I did on my 21st birthday my friends invited me out and organized a party I had one beer and I'm like all right I'm going home and they're like 21st birthday, you're not gonna drink and shit. I was like, yeah, I got two music videos to shoot the next day, Um, I'm gonna go do that. And they went to celebrate my birthday without me. And the next day I shot two rap videos that set off the rest of my career. And that was seven years ago, eight years ago. And I haven't looked back since.
0: Good news, our podcast is now available on another new platform. This one is called Newsly. It's an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It basically finds the trending articles on the web for any topic you can think of, and it reads them out to you in a natural human voice, so you don't even have to read them yourself. You can follow any kind of topics on there. There's sports, there's business, health, Bitcoin, even the Kardashians, if you really wanna know about them. And they also have podcasts, of course, your favorite. The health World podcast is there. They've got podcasts from over 80 countries and i listen to all of my podcasts on there now and they even have digital radio so you can download and use newsly for free from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and if you use the promo code wealth i'll also put that in the description you will get a one month free premium subscription so go and download newsly now subscribe to our podcast and get your one month free wow and again that's uh, throughout your life i've noticing a pattern so far where in the groups of people that there, there are clear differences that set you aside from the others, you know, the, yeah. the looking ahead and yeah. the the commitment and the discipline to be like, nah, it doesn't matter if it's my birthday, I've got things to do. Uh, yeah. that, and that clearly sets you aside and you can see these things in people who are successful. You know, it's very, it's very obvious. You, you've, you seem to have always had that in you as you were growing up and whatever it was that instilled that in you, um, obviously was of, of great benefit through, um, whether that was instilled in you for growing up through seeing other things or whatever, but it's, it's clearly set you apart and it's so obvious when you look at successful people when you speak to successful people, it's so, they're so obviously set apart to how other people think. And it, if you can just change the way you think, it can really um, make a big difference to, to how successful you can be. What um, Did you get like, uh, obviously you said those two rap videos kind of boosted your career. What, did you get kind of like a big break? Was that kind of that moment that kind of pushed you more into the,
1: the center of people's attention? Um, I wouldn't say that that was necessarily like a big social break, but it was a mental breakthrough. It was like, it was a a personal statement that like, I'm fucking doing this. And like, as I've become more experienced and I've, I've spent more time in this space of personal development and like wealth creation and success and all this stuff, the game really is inside out. So any social credit that I possibly could have had would not even compare to that moment of internal certainty where the decision was actually made on a spiritual level where I'm like, I'm fucking doing this. Right. And the, the guy who I shot the videos for, his name was seize Um, Sam major shout out to him, bro. He, he actually paid me for the music videos. I think it was like probably early into one of my, like it, it kind of certified my work it Paid me like two and a half grand or something. We shot two videos. I was like shooting out the sunroof of a sports car on the highway with like a fucking camera rig. And then he's in the other car, like fucking hanging out the car, like rapping on the highway and shit. Like we had a cars everywhere. Like they're like, what the fuck? It looks like I had like a rifle out of the car and shit. It was fucking nuts in the middle of the night. It was tight. <laughs> uh, but that's what I did on my actual birthday. My friends are fucking getting hammered for me and I'm like shooting out the sunroof of a sports car, like a fucking baller. Um, and, uh, and he he's well known in the, in the Montreal community. So that put me in a circle and kind of gave me some credibility. And, um, but the my credits were internal it was the internal credits that really set it off and um I think sort of around this time uh, because I was still working in like kitchens and like painting jobs and I remember I had this fucking sandwich job and like I gave a friend a discount and then the boss was like you're giving people discounts. Like, this is like you stealing from the business. And I, I love the business. I just wanted my friends to have an opportunity to like try the food. Cause I was like, so I love the food there. Um, and I thought that they would like come back, but the boss was like, you stole. And he showed me the receipt. It's like $4. And I'm like, what, bro, you're such a fucking pussy. Anyways, he fired me. He's like, we're going to have to fucking, you know, like we're going to do so. Basically I got the impression that he fucking fired me. So I walked out the door and I called my boy. He was a graffiti writer, he ran a painting company. And then literally the, the moment I walked out the door, I got a job uh, as a painter. And then I'm like, I'm like fucking hours out of the job now that I got fired. And that guy called me. He's like, "Yo, actually, we need you to come and finish your sh- shifts for the week. Um, because like, we need you. And I'm like, bro, you fucking fired me. Fuck you. So anyways, like, I go to that get the job. Now I'm working painting. That guy ended up going bankrupt uh, partway through like a couple months later. And I, I got the time I was like sitting there. I was like, fuck, like do I go back to work in the kitchens? I promised myself I never would because a bunch of people can't handle stress and they're a bunch of retards. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But now I can go all in on my craft and I'm going to do that. And so I did that. And then like those, like that moment was kind of around the same time where this Montreal thing happened. And um, it's, yeah, my, my life completely changed because the world responds differently when you have certainty, when you fucking invest yourself and you're like, I am this, this is what I do. And you go and introduce yourself to people and you say, this is what I do. What do you do? And you find out how you can help them. The doors fucking fly open and it's not going to be like free and easy as you grow. But like, if you fucking stick to it, it doesn't matter if people say yes, because someone will. Like, all you need is that one that like just really pops it off. And there's been many of them. Um, But yeah, that's (laughs) a little roundabout way of saying it. But yeah, the the break was internal, self-certification. Yeah. And that's the
0: main person you need to prove things to and battle against is yourself anyway isn't it if you if you're just doing stuff to impress other people or to prove something to other people you're never going to be fulfilled or satisfied really are you because there's always going to be something else so the fact that you were you know proving it to yourself and committing it to yourself is is the best way to do it i think Mm -hmm. so where did you kind of go from there did you did you stay within doing mainly film music videos Oh, yeah, how did you transition.
1: Yeah, man. Like that was. I didn't even actually get into art like as a main main thing like until like fucking like two years ago, hmm. like um, yeah, it was about two years now. Um, like I'd always been doing art on the side, and people I had a reputation for it, so I'd get contracts here and there. Um, like I got hired by by companies or murals or whatever. Um, but it wasn't like full time. I was always in media so I was always doing branding, marketing, this kind of stuff. That's kind of where my my edge came from. And now people for my coaching, they primarily come to me for help with branding and positioning and how to like speak online, how to appear the way that they need to appear and how to communicate from the place they need to communicate to build a strong brand in whatever area of talent that they have and then do it online. That's that's like what I teach primarily. But um I was in media and I was like just fucking I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best music video producer i wanted to produce rap videos and and like dope films and so i'm like how am i gonna fucking do this and i knew that i needed to get around people who were working in the industry and then um i got uh like i remember i met this team they were like like indie film producers like we were shooting some promo for like a, a, a halloween event i met them And then I got their contact afterwards. They liked me or whatever. I helped out with the shoot and they liked me and they're like, yeah, if you ever want to work on something, like let us know. And I was like, perfect. Like (laughs) holler at them. That's my first, first i I'm like, okay, cool. I'm one degree closer to the industry. Now I worked with them, uh, on some like random little shoots here and there. They had all this gear. They're like this power couple kind of dynamic, just like crushing gear into like crushing projects independently. It was very cool. Um, they brought me on they like adopted me as their like film son. It was just fucking hilarious. (laughs) Um, and um, and they brought me onto this one project, this indie project ran by this DOP. Uh, his name is Cliff Hokinson This guy's a fucking uh, absolute uh legend, bro. Um, but he was like, an indie film producer with like all of this cinema gear. So, like the and but he was kind of he's a wild card. So like the industry had like a hard time like dealing with him because he's like he just does his own thing and he's like very, very wild. Um, so he ends up on these indie projects, but he has all of the gear. And so I worked on this project. And the, the power couple team, they basically brought me onto this project as an assistant just to kind of like, you know, get into the industry. So I'm like, okay, cool. Indie. Now I'm actually like in a, like a a film set. It's Indie still, but like now it's legit. And so I'm in there and I'm like, just providing value. I'm just asking for any opportunity. How can I get closer to camera? How can I get closer to camera? How can I help? Now I'm doing like focus pulling. I'm like doing the fucking uh, focus for the thing. I'm like getting close to the, to the guy. And he's like, yo, you're good at what you do. You should come and work on more projects. with me. I'm like, boom, done. All right. So now I'm working with him. And he is he's kind of like the he's like a secret weapon for the film industry like when they need someone to get something done like down and dirty he's the guy that they call because he's just willing to just fucking go to the trenches and shoot some crazy shit so um he would basically bring me out to like learn the gear we're learning like high-end cinema gear um high-end cinema production how to operate on set he's training me on like how to be like a professional um camera assistant and so I'm getting trained on this now. And then all of a sudden we're getting uh, contracted to do industry stuff. So now I'm in, now I'm basically, I got backdoored into the union. I didn't have a permit. I I, I must've had a permit of some kind, but I'm getting union pay as a kid who didn't go through film school, didn't go through any of the fucking traditional paths, simply by networking and providing value and following this fucking aspiration to be the best at what I do. And that brought me through like all of these doorways, all of these opportunities Now get I'm actually I'm like I'm the set of Power Rangers as some fucking kid with no permit getting priority bookings over kids who've gone through like eating the shit fucking building credibility in the union. Like just fucking, just sniffing ass and fucking, you know, just going through the the, the monkey hoops that they had to go through. And I'm on set. And I, I don't even know what I got to do. My boy Cliff, he just basically said, "Got a position for you, jump in." I'm like, "I've never done this position." He's like, "I'll show you on the fly. Let's go." And I'm like, "All right, bet." <laughs> so I'm like on like a fucking, God knows how much money, how much money was on this fucking production, and I'm I have priority over a kid who's been doing it for years that he could have my position. I'm getting paid way more than him. I'm like Cliff, like yo, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He's like. Shh fucking act like you know you're supposed to be here right and i'm like i'm just getting cashed out and so i got all of this professional film experience like in the industry and i'm getting paid to learn this is also so fucking valuable um and i'll shout lewis out on this as well again lewis mocker he left a quote with me and this was actually from before we even i even connected with him but i noticed now that it was already happening was you have to ask yourself how can i get paid to take my next steps in business or how can i get paid to take my next step in life right? And so I was getting paid to learn the things that I'd always wanted to learn at the highest level, more than anyone else in the competition. It was fucking ridiculous. And so I'm getting paid Instead of dumping cash into a dumbass film to to film degree that didn't teach me about business, that didn't put me in the trenches, didn't show me about the social nuances of navigating and actually like being on a high stakes fucking film set where I had to pretend that I knew what was going on to maintain the relationships and the perception and the dynamic that was created and the opportunity that was created for me and still fucking fulfill on it so that my guy doesn't have his reputation fucked up and I don't have my reputation fucked up and we all get paid. Like those are nuances that you don't learn in school. And I was getting paid high, high ticket to fucking learn these things. And so that all happened. Like I was completely in on film. And then I remember the last um, job that I had, this is actually like the last fucking job I ever had was like, I got contracted as a urban set decorator. Okay. Get this. So I got commissioned by a Netflix project. The film, the, the TV show is actually called deadly class. Okay, it was shot here in my city in Vancouver, you can find it on on um, uh, on Netflix. But they contracted me as an urban, like environment consultant, where I basically got paid the highest rate in the industry in in my department um, to just do graffiti full time, legally. And so I literally was going to the streets of my city that they had blocked off for the film set. And all I did all day long was just spray fucking graffiti on everything. And I had a flashback to, like, I got arrested, like, the first time I got arrested doing this, um, the police officer came to my home and, like, sat down with me and my mom and, like, basically, like, wanted to, like, you know, be a catalyst and change for me. <laughs> and um, she basically looked at me and said, you better get out of this because this isn't going to go anywhere. And for most people, she she's fucking right. But obviously, I'm a rare and unique individual. And so I'm now on this Netflix production getting the highest paid uh the highest the highest rate in my department to just do graffiti full-time in the city that i got arrested in doing exactly the same thing but like the wage is like more than most people i was like 30 40 maybe even 50 bucks an hour like full-time overtime rates and shit it was crazy um just doing graph and i remember that moment i was like she's fucking wrong and i knew it and, but anyway so <laughs> <laughs> that was like the last job i had um but that whole pathway basically ended up to like basically I kind of maxed out like the film stuff. And I kind of did the same thing in graph where I was like, I maxed out like what I wanted to do there. And then I got into the film thing afterwards. I was like the next chapter, like master film and content and like all of these social dynamics. And then that job, I was just working there and it's like, you're working like 70 to a hundred hours a week. Like, and I'm like, I'm building someone else's vision. And I had this calling. I'm like, there's, there's something more. Like I'm here for more. I'm not here to be doing this shit. like, I started like on an energetic level calling for an exit. And um, around this time, I got privy to like an art studio that I kind of like started visiting. Cause um, I don't know, for some reason I like, I, I wanted to, I got infatuated with making clothing and I wanted to, I'm I'm quite tall. So I could never find a pair of pants that were dope that I could, that would I liked that fit my style. And so I was like, I need to find a way to make the best fucking pair of pants ever. And I ended up at the studio where oh my god this is a fucking this is a whole other story um but basically it's like a a fucking military vet who was just happened to be a brilliant apparel designer lived in the fucking rafters of this fucking art studio from like a rock climbing rappel bed because he fucking just left war and his fucking he like saw his friends got get fucking blown up and shit and he was like this geeky kind of dude he was like a tech guy that was working on the satellites and shit but he knew how to design insane technical outerwear and we just fucking hit it off and he's like I'm building a company do you want to work with me and I'm like let's go and I quit the film industry and then went full in on this business and then that was like right before I went all in on art yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like <laughs> a beer that's a whole other story <laughs> but yeah wow. i know it's a lot
0: yeah. that's that is that is that and it's it's one of those things which again we spoke about before with things like um talking about things like manifesting and things along those kind of lines like okay. you know all these things happen to you and it seems like oh everything's just slotted in perfectly for you but that's because you went out there and got it you've yep. been out there being like now nah, i'm going to do it and then it and then it happens to fall in place but it's because you were out there doing it you sat at home doing nothing and um, obviously it wouldn't and i, I love that and um, that the gold advice and um, that you got about f- how can you get paid to learn your next business move whatever it was that that's how
1: how can can I get paid to take my next steps in life and business this is the fucking the fucking golden question for development that people don't understand like even like I've upgraded apartments twice in the last year doing I literally only sell art and coaching that's it Um, I wake up every day I do whatever the fuck I want and I wanted a bigger apartment I said how can I get paid to get into my apartment I'm going to use it for content I'm going to document every fucking day now it's a backdrop for my marketing like And it was enough for me to justify like just taking the risk on it. I didn't know how the fuck I was going to pay for the upgrade. And every time I've upped my financial um, requirements, like I've just risen to the occasion as long as it was aligned with my higher calling and my higher intent. Right. So you have to be, you have to understand the, the way that you feel when you're aligned in an intention and in a desire. And if it's actually congruent with like your like true self and it's not like a, a an obligatory or like an injected value from someone else that you pedestalize That like oh like i should be doing this it doesn't have that connection but it's one it's like truly a spiritual authentic desire and you make those commitments like you'll find a way to to get it done and so um yeah how to get paid to take your next steps in life and business hasn't failed me yeah yeah
0: no that's brilliant advice especially younger people who are you know thinking about where they're going to go like that's just brilliant advice instead of you know trying to jump too far ahead thing about you know like you that you got into that role you were being paid to learn all of that stuff in film and in cinema and getting in the right place and that's just you know that's just awesome and exactly what you wanted to do and I think I wanted to pick out two things as well which you mentioned a few times which is that the importance of networking which I encourage people a lot um, mm-hmm. to do that and I've over the last kind of couple of years I've realize that more i would have said i would before that i kind of would keep to myself and not not anti-sociable i you know i'm i'm sociable but I, I didn't see the importance of networking until more recently and that's really important for getting spaces and the second thing which you have to time with that which you've said a lot is providing value mm-hmm. to to especially to climb the ladder and to get into circles that are above where you are it's that mm-hmm. providing value and from your story most of the opportunities you've got were from you providing value in the in the positions you're in and then okay yeah they move you up to the next step because of the the value you were given yeah and so that that's two things people should concentrate on
1: yeah it's giving me goosebumps bro fucking the maybe i'm different that this was just obvious to me and like even when you said that like um like networking wasn't something that you thought was important early on like just even the idea of it sounds foreign to me because I always knew that I needed other people to buy into my vision and my aspirations to get to where I wanted to go. And I don't know why this awareness was so obvious to me, but I just see, like, if I can, if I close my eyes and I think about like my trajectory forward, like I see spheres of influence or like levels of social dynamic where in order, like I can go to a place in my mind where I am like successful I mean, success is a pursuit, but like where I'm where my next level of awareness for objective is a state rather. So I can go to that state, my next level, and I see what that looks like. And then in my mind, I default to a correlation of social influence that relates to that state. Because for me, like I have an intention of creating a billion dollar brand by 2035. That's my goal. In order for me to have a billion dollar company that's minimum $100 million per year in revenue, that doesn't happen by just having 10 friends. You know what I mean? So, where we want to go, the level at which we want to play has a direct correlation to the degree of social influence that we have. And in order to play at that level, you have to ask yourself, who do I need to be for those people at that level? And if you don't see that, you're going to be stumbling and fumbling in the present moment with incongruence between your objective and your character, your personality, who you have to be. And so to see the social game as something that you have to, your personal development will determine how you ascend in it. And if you're really playing the game correctly, you're going to be the underdog in every in, in, at every level because you're going to have found a way to break through from one level of social influence to the next one, meaning you're at the bottom. So someone had to open that door for you in order to have that door open for you, you have to find out who they are, what they're interested in, what they value, and then become the source of that for them. And when you do that very well, doors fly the fuck open, especially if you show up with an actual intention, like that's like, I am hungry to do this and I want to do this. Like even think about dating, right? Like, the, like for chicks who are entitled to a position, we don't want to deal with them because like you're fucking, you're expecting something from me, fuck off. Like I like, we reward interest, we reward investment, we reward the desire to be present and to participate, right? So those who actually want to participate because they've self-incentivized themselves to develop into those social circles, those people win, right? But most people are waiting for someone to pay them or to open the door or to go out of their way for them before they fucking incentivize themselves and they show up with value and an actual intention to participate. And those are the people who end up um the worst to be around because then they're entitled and they're resentful because their entitlement wasn't met. so they become fucking dicks to be around and then their whole energy is just fucked up and you're like you know i just don't even want to hang out with you because you're a fucking dickhead right and they might even be talented but yeah when when we self incentivize ourselves to to rise in the game and actually be the person of value we'll find the answers and we'll find out how to get there it happens by default you just have to be patient
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Most people go into every situation with a how can it benefit me attitude rather than a, you know, how can I benefit them? I I think if you're turning up to any situation uh, willing to work, willing to put the effort in and learn, you're probably providing more value than 90, 95% of people in in today's society anyway. Yeah.
1: Most people are fucking dickheads, bro. (laughs) Yeah. When we're we're talking about um, like the pattern of being different, And like how that's like a commonality between the people who are successful it's they're 1% for a reason, which means by default, if you are going to be the successful individual, like most people you meet are not going to be like you. And like, especially um, early social dynamics are often obligatory because people are often born into an environment, a neighborhood, a school system and whatever that their friends happen by default by proximity and by circumstance but when you actually become an adult and a free thinking individual now you get to choose your social circle so some people never actually get beyond their circumstantial so- so- social circle which usually doesn't correlate with the place that they are able to go to because you were just defaulted that so it wasn't by design but as you grow and like even now as i as i've grown out of those circumstances my social circles are entirely by design i refuse to spend any time with anybody who doesn't Think about wealth. Talk about money improvement. Like people who who get offended by like someone close to them, like shitting on their on their development, being like, "That's all you did." Come on, let's go. You know what I mean? Like twenty grand a month, fifty grand a month. What you know? What I mean, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like you could do better. Like when people get offended by that, and I noticed this early on, like, um. For some reason, I always saw more for, for people. And maybe that's because I got exposed to my family's um, early success. And I was kind of like contrasted in that. We grew up in like a mansion growing up and simultaneously in like welfare. Like because my mom's a single parent, she didn't value money. So she just wanted to travel. And so we had welfare in the city and then a the mansion on the island where my grandparents live. Eventually, like the financial struggles kind of downgraded them and now they're, they're chilling. But um, So I had this dramatic contrast. So I'd be in this fucking luxury home. It was huge. And then I would go to the ghetto where I don't think people had that contrast. So I'd always be like, don't you want more? Don't you see more? But my friends would get offended. They think I was like looking down on them. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm looking up at your potential, but they would get offended by it. And those I've quickly realized people who are offended by that pressure are the, like, they're, they're not going to stick around long. You have to be around people who are, who want to have that push to have that uh, outside object uh, uh, perspective on where we can improve and how we can get better. And it's like ruthlessly, and I owe so much of my success to having people like that in my corner.
0: Yeah, definitely. You have to uh, curate your own reality. Uh, yep. I, I think is what people say. And I've found that as well, as, as I've got older, you know, of people like that, and they're you know they're happy there's like why can't you just be happy working a basic job with a basic house and just we're well, going to work till you die and whatever and i'm like no nah, you know i'm um that's not me I, I don't want that i want more than that and if you want to do that you go off and do it but i'm not going to be pulled back by people like that so yeah you've got to just you've got to be ruthless haven't you you've got to yeah. cut people like that off and be ruthless and find the right people to get around you and um, by networking which as i say last couple of years i've been doing that a lot more and i've been meeting a lot uh better people and making you know good uh, relationships with people and getting to meet people like yourself and lots of other successful people and they're the right type of people i want to surround myself with um but as you said you have to be intentional about that and and make that um something you're actively actively doing to to improve your situation so just jumping back to your story so you've got you're, you're doing the the clothing brand and where did you kind of go from there and, and how
1: did that go yeah. <laughs> so, it was, it was dope. Like basically I wanted to learn how to make gear and this guy was on a mission to do it. And there was actually two more partners so there was four of us total. Um and they like the the original team they were working with like lululemon they had like background in like doing apparel and, and branding before as well. And then this there's other the 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 war guy, um he just had a sick fucking design style. He was just like a like a mercenary designer for some reason. I don't know how the fuck he, he got to where he was with this stuff, but he was just brilliant with it, right? But we came together and we're like, okay, we're gonna build a company here, but we're gonna do it in a unique way. And the way that we did it was that we created a persona online of a, of a design student who every day for 30 days was gonna produce a new item from scratch, design, draft, document, and publish on Reddit for 30 days. And it was called the 30 day tech work challenge. You can still find it on, uh, on Reddit. Um, and I was the one who's going to document it. So me and the designer for 30 days, every single day produced a new product from scratch, documented it. I was just responsible for documentation, helping him produce. And that was my apprenticeship into making clothing. And we published every single day. It went viral on Reddit. We had the, the character was anonymous because the, the intention for the character was that this student was challenged by his teachers and his peers in design school to create a new product every day from, for, from scratch uh, in order to build a portfolio so that he could have a job after school. But we never had an intention to get that job. We just wanted to shake up the market. And so the student persona, it was anonymous. It was purely about giving away the value and the process and the experience. And obviously my, my mentor, the, the war guy, his name is Ender, um, he's been doing this for a long time. So he had an edge. And so he knows how to design clothing. So he was like sick with it. So people were like, what the fuck is this? And so he started dropping, he started dropping, we started dropping. Eventually we hit a couple bangers where Arc'teryx started reaching out. Adidas head office took notice. We had North Face, we had um, MEC. We had like all of these companies, these major brands who were on these niche forums uh, because their design teams were watching these forums already to get an edge for the, what they were doing. And they're like, What the fuck is this? Some kid is out here dropping bangers every single day at a high level, fully documented, fully drafted, everything with content without fail, and is like engaging with the public because it was two of us doing it. And the guy designing it was like a master designer. So they're like, what the fuck is this? So we started getting messages. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're just doing the challenge. Like, we're just trying to complete this thing. Like, we're super grateful for all the feedback. And like, they tried to hire the kid right away. And so we're like, okay, we're on to something. And so we kept going, we kept going, we kept going. By the time we got to the end of the challenge, we had built relationships behind the scenes with all of these major companies. Uh, We had had suppliers reaching out. We had major distributors reaching out. We had um, manufacturers reaching out. So we built an industry standing and an industry brand. It ended up being called Techware Intern. Um, And we ended up building a brand out of this that put us in position to work with these billion dollar companies. Now, I already had... Um, experience working with some of these companies through my graffiti and through the content that I was doing, like Nike, um, fucking like Hennessy, like entertainment companies, like Blueprint, Live Nation, all these companies. Um, so I'd already had some experience dealing with these companies, but now we're like really consulting with them. We're actually sitting down with them. Adidas head office ended up flying, um, their head of menswear uh, and apparel to our fucking ghetto studio here in Vancouver for a weekend. They said we want to challenge you guys to redesign thirty years of uh of Adidas history in 3 days and we fucking did it and we did it faster than anyone on their team and they they couldn't even take the work that we did because we can't even move this quickly like the business is so slow at the level that they're playing it that they couldn't even they couldn't even figure out how to deal with us cuz we're moving so quickly it was crazy um but basically that it went completely viral and we built a company off of it that was running for 2 years and I became the media director for the company and um got to design all of the products that that I ever wanted to design and um we did that full time for 2 years Um, but I remember there was one conversation that we had where I was like round table, I was partner at the company at this point. Um, and I asked the team, I'm like, I want to have a conversation about how we're going to make this a hundred million dollars per year company. And they told me that I was out of my tree. They're like, you're getting way ahead of yourself. Like, this is arrogant. This is like, you're like, we got too much on our plate. Like they were just inundated with the day-to-day stuff. And I wanted to talk about the big vision, but that moment I knew that I couldn't be part of the company. I was like, if we're not talking about how to make this $100 million company, this is not a business. This is like a fucking, this is a pipe dream. And so not long after that, um, I ended up leaving the company and I ended up back in my fucking mom's house because I got rid of the apartment that I had in the film career that I was working in to work on this company. And I thought that it was going to be the, the the fucking bag. And then next thing you know, I'm fucking back in my mom's place pre like right before uh, the pandemic. And like, I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself. I'm like, fuck. And then pandemic hits. Now I'm locked in at my mom's place. And I'm like, I got no career. I got no job. And, but I was privy to online business and I knew that I needed to do something. And I just dedicated those fucking, I, every fucking serve check I got, or like any, every comp check that I got from the government, I invested all of it into online education. All of it. I went, I started going to the gym full-time. I started investing in education full-time. I mastered nutrition and fitness. I became fucking jacked out of nowhere. I mastered online business mechanisms. I I got into Lewis's program. Actually, uh, I joined his wealth mastery program. they taught me all about wealth building and all the wealth principles that I use now. And I started promoting on social media. I just started talking. I Everything I was learning, I just started sharing it on social media. And people thought that I was fucking out of my mind. I'm like at my mom's place after losing this career job. Um, now with the perception that I'm like broke at my mom's house talking about wealth principles and how to get rich. And they are like, fuck you. Like there's some people are so offended by the shit that I was posting calling them broke minded and stuff, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't know where I was going. And um, basically, yeah, I spent two years full on like getting into info products and like trying to sell programs and shit. And it was like, it was too early into the game to to really make it pop, but I learned all the principles and then like, just out of nowhere like i had a call from an old mural that i did and then i was like okay cool and it was a penthouse deal and then so i did this penthouse mural and that turned into another one and then i got another deal and then now all of a sudden i'm in miami and then now i'm like doing all this other shit and then like oh shit now it's picking up and i'm like yo maybe i gotta get back into art and then i just fucking this is like right after like the the pandemic kind of loosened up and um and then my art business started and then now i'm here (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome so you come like a big full circle done all yeah. of these other things along the way learning but i mean i guess they're all obviously they're part of the journey of what shaped you um into the person you are now but i guess that they're also things that benefit your business now yeah. everything you learned along the way is all yeah. is all useful and can yeah. be used so you know it's it's basically worked perfectly for you like you say it's it's you know, I agree. I believe in, in things like you're talking about with being destined for things and, and spiritual stuff. And, you know, you listen to your story and it's like, well, you've just been destined to reach where you are with all these things lining up. But like I yeah. say, it's because you've gone out there and got it and, and, t- yeah. and taken it. That's brilliant. So th- the, you're still doing the, the, the art now you that's still going well.
1: Oh, bro. Look, like my whole fucking house is decked out with it. I got like, <laughs> nice. everywhere. Like it's like, it's full blown. We're selling so much product. It's, it's absolutely insane. I'm actually in the process of um, opening up a studio here for my production team where we're going to we're, we're in the process of proving out our production for art, a repeatable process for high end like custom artwork. Um, and that's going to become the beginning of uh, f- shipping and fulfillment for other talent as well. So we're building the brand. We're doing that. We're building out the process for fulfillment on, on creative products and pro- like developing them at a high level. And then we have packaging coming in. We're building relationships with suppliers. We're building relationships with shipping partners, um, because that's actually one of the biggest issues Ship working internationally with this is the high cost and the high barrier of entry for and the difficulty of shipping luxury products around the world. And so we're developing these relationships. We're, we're improving the processes, making sure they're bulletproof, and very soon here we'll be bringing on more talent to expand the art business as not only uh, like the apple of art products is the, is what we're building, but also a fulfillment business for high end art and luxury products, which right now appears to be the the closest straight shot to getting into a billion dollar range to get into warehousing and logistics and fulfillments of high end products around the world. I'm open to, to see where it goes, but that's what we're doing. And we're going to pop this off. And very quickly here, we're going to be offering our, our services to uh, celebrities and influencers who have audiences that need to convert. If they just want to be influencers and they just have a, a their highest value, their alignment, their priority is building relationships with the public. We come in and consult with them, understand their audience. And if they fit our kind of dynamic and they fit our, our criteria, we'll handle everything. We'll create their own products. We'll create the promotions. We'll do everything. And then we'll distribute and pr- we'll produce and distribute uh, high-end products for their audiences that their audience love. will take care of absolutely everything, and then we uh, we profit share, and that's um, something that that we're we're just setting up right now, which I'm very excited about.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, is that is that products? It's not just artwork, is it? Is it other products as well? You're going to manage for people.
1: Uh, for now, we're staying with art just to keep it specific. But I foresee in the future that we're going to get into more like lifestyle products, like home stuff, artworks, anything that will take a home and. Give it that like personalized feeling, that that personality that people want, right? I'm I'm really inspired by having uh, a home by design, and it's not just like the basics where most people just default to furniture and things like the necessities. We're talking about wants. We're we're over needs. We've we've handled that already. We're talking about what do you want? How do you want your house to look? And that's the kind of stuff that I want to be able to give to people and um and give uh, other talent the opportunity to participate because we already mentioned that artists typically don't have this edge that I have. They don't, aren't, uh, professionally inclined. They just want to create. And so I want to give the most talented creators the opportunity to profit by letting us handle the business for them. And in exchange, they come and join us as talent and I'll sign them as a talent to the company. Um, basically treating my brand as a, as a record label and a, a talent development uh, business for creators who want to participate. And then they design the products and then we distribute them for them and then, uh, We create an ecosystem, and this actually frees me up from no longer having to actually do the art myself. And I can focus on scaling a business, growing the business, and doing this in a a global way um, while also doing the art that I do um, for my content.
0: Mm, Brilliant! Sounds like a genius um, business plan to me. Sounds (laughs) sounds like it's going to work well. Like you said, you know, you have people there who are creative and who have the artistic side, but they don't have the other side to marry up with the business, which is a bit similar to I'm a my my, day job i'm a tradesman i have a carpentry company and Mm -hmm. it's this it's similar in that in that a lot of people are good at trades but don't really understand how to run a business so the you know the service you're offering to people uh sounds like it's going to work perfectly with what people need because if you have the talent but you don't know how to run the business Mm -hmm. there's a ready ready ready-made system for you to use which you're bringing which is which is awesome i imagine you've um you've got into some interesting places some interesting houses and met some interesting people doing your artwork is it is it can you name drop anyone have you have you what's kind of the biggest one you've had
1: um a lot of the guys that we're dealing with right now are like they're more like entrepreneurs like successful mm-hmm. entrepreneurs so that wouldn't say that they have a lot of social influence i've done pieces for jason stone millionaire mentor um we've done uh i've done like media work for uh, like a couple like music artists and stuff like this, but most of the brands that i work worked with Spotify, EA games, Adidas, Nike, um, Hennessy, uh, London drugs, is like a company, a big company here. Um, these are like more brands that I've worked with, but we're just now getting into the celebrity market for the artwork and you're going to be seeing a lot more of it soon.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I look forward to seeing it. That's going to be, that's going to be exciting to see. So, Obviously, you kind of touched it before, but with, how did you kind of get started into your coaching side of it? Is that something that's just come alongside your business?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of been doing this. Like, I've always I've noticed, like, after I've reflected on my life, I've always noticed that I had like a mentorship dynamic. Like, I'd always like bring a friend along and be like, you know, like we're gonna do it like this, and like I'd be teaching them things that I know. it happened happen graffiti and uh, very early on, and so this thing was always kind of with me, but. Um, around the time where I was working in the apparel company, I got really, really into like personal development space, uh, particularly like male personal development, fitness stuff. And like one of the, the things that was really constantly hammered home was time and location freedom. Like that was like one of the things that was a major, uh, target or a topic that people are talking about that I'm like, yeah, I want that. Like, I don't want to work a job. Like I want to be like remote income and like, it kind of just like living in my mind, and as I pulled that thread, it became very fucking clear to me that the most efficient business model is information exchange. That is like the most lucrative, high profit, low cost, major scale. It like hits all of the markers for uh, like the ideal business it was information exchange. And so I kept pulling that thread and and coaching, showed up as like, that was like the most efficient business model to achieve all that I wanted. And then you look online and you see the people living these incredible lives by simply selling e-products and like info products and shit like, I'm like, what the fuck? Um, And so I became super infatuated with that. But in order for it to work appropriately, like there has to be a true congruence with who you are and what you do, right? You can't just come out of the gates and be a life coach and not have like a life that people want to live, right? So that's why when I was at my mom's place, people were like, shut the fuck up. They're like, my life was an example of aspirational living that they wanted. And this also goes back to getting paid to take your next steps in life and business. Like I have a fucking infinity view of like, there's no view like this in my fucking city. I have like the best view in my city. And so every day I show up and I fucking, I remind people how the fuck I'm living because of how I think. And so it's, it's not even about this. It's about like, I, I've been thinking this shit forever, but no one would listen until I had the certain things. So, um, Once I pulled that thread and I started going down the path of coaching, I needed to get results. And as I got better results and because I actually like to help people and I'm I'm fulfilled by sharing information and getting people to where they want to go. Also, that also ties into social influence for where I want to go, because the more people who you help get results, the better your reputation is in the market. So more people are going to come to you as an expert in whatever field it is that you specialize. So that also helps Like when you actually go out of your way to help people in general. And, um, and then, yeah, and then we just kept hammering. I just knew it was something that I wanted to get into, specifically subscription revenue, like memberships, hard subscription, credit card charged um, uh, memberships is the most stable income and pair that with art. Cause art, my art's high ticket, but it's volatile. High ticket, nothing, high ticket, nothing. You experience the day trader problem, right? Whereas you're like your, your fucking life force is on volatility. But when you introduce digital recurring revenue that's charged to a subscription that's tied to a value source that's linked to your own personal interests and lifestyle. And for me, it's personal development. Everything that I do on a daily basis, I just share with my community and my students and they pay for access to that because what I'm doing is valuable to them. And I, I collapse the time in between their learning experience and their research and give it to them at speed in a way that's curated for their own goals. And that's what they pay me for. And so now that stabilizes your income floor. So now your baseline isn't zero with volatility. It's how many memberships you have plus volatility, right? So now that, now the fucking high ticket sales are just wealth building tools on top of your, your rising membership. And I knew that I needed that. And I also, like, I was early into real estate. I was, like, reading Grant Cardone books and stuff like that. He's, like, recurring revenue, recurring revenue, recurring revenue. Like, that's why people get into the real estate and plus the wealth building tools that you get as a result of it. Real estate will be involved later for us. But um, where I was at, the subscription revenue was, like, oh, I could do that now. I don't need, like, 200K cash to, like, fucking get started on some real estate shit. Like, the real estate market here is retarded. But... Um, I could start by showing people what the fuck is up and sell mindset and then results and then processes. And that's what I do now.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's similar to what we're doing with health. We we have a, a membership platform we've just set up where we educate people on health and then doing one-to-one coaching with people like aimed at, because um, like you, I, I like helping people and I want to help people. So we're kind of aiming for people with chronic health conditions where, you know, they can be completely sorted with diet and lifestyle and, just teaching people how to do it and then freeing them up and letting them live their life. So it's a similar kind of thing. And it's, and it's fulfilling. I imagine you find it very fulfilling too when you help people and you see them make that change and, and uh, push forward. And like you say, it helps to build your brand too, because you know, you're living the life and you're getting results.
1: Yeah. This is the most fulfilling work that we possibly can do and our soul calls for it. When we fill our cup, what do we, why are we doing it so we can contribute? It's only the people without a purpose that end up in debauchery, right? So wealth and resources with a purpose becomes philanthropy and wealth and resources without purpose becomes debauchery because all resource and energy in the, in the universe must be ordered and organized. If it's not serving a purpose, it will be dissolved and repurposed elsewhere to that, which has more certainty and the default certainty in the game is the universal order, the structure of the universe, nature's law. And so when we become competent and we develop ourselves in uh like personally right that's the first step you have to develop yourself to become a fucking unit we do that for contribution to have a better relationship so we can become the best partner to become the best father to become the best business leader to become the best service person right it's all about contribution and so when we actually understand that and build a business model around our contribution via personal development it's a it's validating as fuck and then b it's massively valuable for others because there's so few people who actually have their shit together that are worth fucking listening to that now people actually are they're like they're so grateful like it's it it the moment you start serving people in a business model where they're just thanking you to pay you thousands and thousands of dollars and they're just so happy to pay you and the sale is just there's zero friction because they understand completely what you're doing and why you're doing it and the value it's like People think sales is like this hard fucking thing. It's like, no, it's like, it doesn't have to be this like this awkward, uncomfortable, like shady fucking like manipulation thing that people are trying to go through. It's like, this is my value. This is how I do it. Do you want to participate? Yes or no? And they say, yeah, fuck yeah. And then they thank you for spending money with you. It's it's amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think if you're you're providing real value to people, you don't really need to sell it because they, they know what they're getting. And I love that you've like through your career and through your story, you've been providing value Constantly, sort of to to higher areas, which has increased your your growth and your growth. And obviously, I'm sure you're still doing that. But you're also providing value to the people at the lower level as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you're just yeah. basically providing value everywhere. And that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's what we should be looking to do all the time. Yeah. So, in terms of if you can, it's obviously not an easy thing to do, but if you could kind of give just a couple pieces of advice to someone, if there's someone who's like, oh, I need to get myself sorted, I need to sort my life out. And what, what would you say is a good starting place for someone to kind of try and find their purpose, get their mindset in the right place? Yeah.
1: Purpose purpose is super fucking easy, right? You're, um, and I got this one actually from Wes Watson. This one's a banger, um, which is that your job as an individual is to cultivate the person that you admire in every way and to give that gift to the world. That's your human purpose as an individual, so I really resonate with that. Now, how you do that and how that appears, uh, basically in my program, we do a 21-day YouTube challenge where every day for 21 days, an individual posts a video based on what they feel called as the highest, the the most impactful message or piece of content that they can produce that day without an interest in con- uh, engagement, likes, comments, follows, none of that, purely expression. And over the 21 days, what you'll find is you'll find your message. You'll find out the mechanisms in which you're going to use to enable people or support people in achieving that higher aim or that message or that outcome. And it's going to give you a lot of clarity about who you are. But as a piece of advice, it's, you need a big fucking reason. Like you need a reason beyond yourself to be exceptional. Most people, all of their fucking problems and their self-doubt and their insecurity is because they're being selfish. They're thinking about themselves instead of the people who need them to show up and to be responsible and to be successful and to be a unit. Like I, like I've even um, said this quite frequently is that if you want wealth, you need a reason to, to have wealth. Like if your goal is just to fulfill yourself uh, and your lifestyle, like you're going to run out of uh, reason pretty quickly. Like I have basically everything I need as an individual. I don't need a billion dollars to satisfy my lifestyle. Right, but I also know that if I want to build a billion dollar company, I have a big fucking reason to allocate that resource over here, right? And personally, like it's not about the money for me. I'm just excited about the personal development that comes along with that, like who I get to become in order to have a billion dollar company. That's what excites me about it, and all of these, like all of the other things that come along with like running an organization like that. But that's my reason. My reason is that it, I I am gifted the opportunity to become someone so exceptional and to to go through a path of such exceptional development that I get to be rewarded with a billion dollar brand that's like what excites me and so you need a reason that is just like that defaults to the success that you want because the 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 material outcomes and the material experiences are not why you are doing it and it, those things enough they're finite right so once you have them now you have no reason anymore so all of a sudden your ability to perform will collapse so there's no sustainability in it And so if your mission and your reason is something that is infinite, like personal development, because we're going to constantly have the opportunity to grow, you set goals that align with that. And you will forever have a North Star that will guide you ever greater and ever farther distances and in the most fulfilling way. So when you understand what that is for yourself, then life changes dramatically. And actually, another tip was that this aligns with uh, the more people you help get what they want, the more likely you are to get what you want. Uh, My life and business really changed when I fixed my own shit and I realized that I was competent by completing tasks and commitments and and, uh, intentions that I had set for myself and fulfilling on my word to myself that now anywhere in the world I go, I know that I can touch down and I can provide value and I can make money as an individual, but I know that my team needs me. And so now when I wake up, I think, how can I get my team rich? How can I make the people who work for me and work with me? How can I make them rich? How can I make my clients more successful? So I'm not thinking about myself anymore. I'm thinking about now the next sphere of influence, the people beyond me. And when you you set your intention of contribution to a sphere of influence outside of yourself, you will actually gain the rewards of that as well. And you will like, I actually believe that most of the mental illnesses we experience right now are luxury problems that are a byproduct of selfishness because the people who are the most stable and the most successful in the mind have the greatest responsibility where they don't have the luxury to be depressed or anxious or to have fucking identity crises, right? They have too much obligation that they've chosen that the default responsibility is to organize your mind to become the source of results for people because they have a, they don't have like, it's, it's just unfathomable to me to be in that position, but it's so selfish. Like most of these positions are just a byproduct of selfishness. And so when you actually own the position of a leader and as someone who your people need to look up to, like, even if you have like kids, that's a great one. Like if you're a fucking father and you have you have kids, like your kids need you to be right. And if that's not enough, you need a bigger, you need more responsibility. So take on a fuck ton of responsibility to fix your shit. So that by do- that's the default answer that you're just competent, exceptional in every single way. And then when you have that, give that gift to the world and just become an excellent service person.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, the view on mental health, too. I think it was 50 Cent who said that in the ghetto, you can not afford to be depressed. Like, yep. it, it, like you said, it's a luxury. Uh, and I think another thing that contributes to it is that people don't have any purpose. People are just they're just crawling through life with nothing to aim for. And they're just you know, they you probably would feel depressed with no people need to find their purpose. Um, yeah, they're, and, they're depressed because
1: they're, they're thinking about only themselves. What do I, yeah. what, what, my purpose, my thing. It's like, fuck that. Who, what about your people? What about your fucking family that invested in creating a life for you? What about fucking them? Are you satisfying or, or rewarding them or uh, respecting the investment that they put into you to even get you to the point where you can even ask the question, what your fucking purpose is? Like it, it's, it's fucking, it's sick, dude. Like, fuck these yeah. people.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's a, there's, there's a ton of things that you could be doing to keep your mind busy rather than sitting around being depressed. And like you say, if you've got um, people that depend on you, a family, why are you sitting around doing nothing? Get out there and do something to uh, to to provide for them and to give them the life that you want them to have. Don't be sitting around doing nothing, watching TV. Of course, you're
1: going to be that's depressed. That's it's It's ego. Like yeah. fatness, fucking uh, brokenness. Like all of these fucking, like in, in all the areas. Like having a shit relationship, having shit money, having a shit fucking health state of mind and body. These are all selfish problems. Like, oh, my fucking history, this or my fucking world, this or the government did this to me. Is you're you're a fucking bitch. Fuck you. Like get a get a better like take on some more responsibility so that your life defaults to you being excellent. That's that's the best fucking tip that I can give people
0: yeah completely agree that is that is a great that is great advice and personal responsibility is something that's missing in society as a whole nowadays people just like you say they just blame everything else something bad happens it was someone else's fault it wasn't mine the
1: government pay off their fucking incompetence right the whole government yeah. will be like oh yeah like oh you got mental illness or you got identity crisis okay whatever cool like here we'll just like we'll fund your fucking your psychosis and uh and actually reward it it financially incentivize your psychosis so it's a strategy it's a a strategy to get what they want and to play in comfort and then they have the results that they want and like don't listen to anyone who fucking doesn't have the life that you would you would love to live and if they have a shit life like they're and they're trying to tell you how to live like observe their results and uh ignore the mind poison
0: yeah, I completely agree with that. It's the same with health. You know, you got,
1: you got someone's
0: massively obese doctor trying to tell them how to be healthy. And I'm like, well, I don't think you want to be listening to to them. They look like they're about to have a heart attack any second. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take health tips from them. Yeah, and as funny. you say, same with success. So if someone's giving you tips on success and their life's a mess, don't think you want to take them. Yeah. that so yeah yeah well it's thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time it's been absolutely awesome i've i've learned a lot i've been inspired by this conversation and i hope
1: that people listening will too i'm curious what was your key takeaway my key takeaway
0: that is that is a good one i i probably am going to be more am more conscious of looking to provide value in every situation I can, because I think that's one of the things that stood out from your story is that any single thing you did, you were just providing value. And like you say, it's open doors for you. So although it's something I try to do more now, I'm going to be even more, more conscious of it, I think moving forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can add on that just a little bit is that when you, become a contributing force because our natural state at the soul level is to shine as a light so you become radiating meaning outward energy but the soul and the, sh- and the star itself in the universal sense cannot shine without fuel it needs to burn so you need to make sure that as an individual your mind and your body are taken care of so that you are operating from a full tank and a full cup, right? So this means understanding your own self-development, understanding your needs, making sure you're sleeping right, making sure you're training right, making sure you're fueling right, making sure your relationships are taken care of, making sure you're fulfilling on your word, right? Because when you do those things internally, you radiate outward value. Now you become magnetic because you have so much value and you have so much inner energy that people just byproduct gravitate towards you because just you open your mouth and it just, it, it's just value is just pouring out just because of who you've become and so in order to do this automatically you have to become like you have to take care of yourself and when you do this on a high level it becomes automatic and then you just have the intention to contribute from a full cup consistently uh and you're going gr- to attract many many more people yeah
0: that's great advice i can just clip that a little bit up at the end and just uh Just use that for people. That's brilliant. That is awesome. Um, While you're here as well, um, give us a shout out where people can find you, and whatever social medias you're on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the the ultimate place to find me is just on my Instagram. Go artmoneyceo, so artmoneyceo on Instagram. I post all of my stuff there. Uh, Every single day I'm posting on my my Instagram story. It's my reality show. And then all, all the milestones, all the accomplishments that we have going on, all the bangers that goes on the feed. And uh, my YouTube channel is going to be linked to my uh, my Instagram story, so you can follow all uh, all my posts over there.
0: Okay, cool. That's awesome. I'll link um, I'll link it in the show notes as well for everyone to easily find it. And uh, thank you so much for for coming on. It's been awesome, and uh, I'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. And I also completely trust that you're going to achieve your goal of the billion dollar company by twenty thirty five from this hour or so speaking to you, I'm convinced that that you're going to do it. So I look forward to seeing that as well. Wow. That's what's up, brother. It's an absolute pleasure. I hope you have a phenomenal day. See you very soon. Thank you. You too. And thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll see you again next week and let's get optimal together. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover on the podcast or you'd like to appear on it, then please contact us at hwpoduk at gmail.com on our website, which is healthwealthuk.com or on any of our social medias, which are at hwpoduk. Please make sure you like, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family, and we will see you next week.